Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, second day of March, 2023, Thursday, one more day to the weekend. Weekend Warriors, hope you guys are doing well. Thank you so much for your feedback uh, on a show that I was a guest on with my dear friend Booker. It's a great show, uh, Our Lives and Politics, um, and that aired just this week, actually. I uh, put that out a couple of days ago as well, and that aired on his network, it was kind enough to allow me to share it with you guys on mine. So just talking about things going on in the world, which is, you know, never a dull moment, as we all know. There's so many things I could talk about, but you know what I really want to talk about today uh, is something that I'm participating in uh, and with a young lady I'm not all too familiar with um, in, in her particular church, but uh, she is a known prophetess. For those of you who don't know what that is, uh, I'm not even going to... You know, these are not these are not soothsayers. These are not the Dion Warwicks of the world of Christianity. But um, there are legitimate prophets, and there are people who are just you know candy bowl uh, washers, and and they always have something to share with you. And you have to watch people like that. There's a lot of uh, tickling, itching, ear scratching going on in the body of Christ these days. I'm not going to name names. I've actually been accused of being one of them, which is kind of funny to me. Uh, because I do take the word very seriously, and I do not add to it or take away from it. Now, you will catch me uh, adding my personality, but that's what I do with everything. So, um, you know, and how boring would the world be without personalities? So, but I am I am participating in a fast, and, and she has declared that the first three days of every month for the entire month of 2023, that she and her uh, body of believers, I believe she's also a pastor or she and her husband, um, they are going to fast for the first three days of every month of 2023 as a part of their first fruit, something else they do, which I thought was really interesting is whenever they do, uh, come to the time of being able to quote, sow a financial seed into their ministry, which, you know, some of you have major problems with that. And I understand because there've been a lot of con artists, uh, you know, peddling the gospel of Christ, which is a total disaster, um, which is exactly why I turned the tables over in uh, in in the temple to begin with, because everyone had taken a house of prayer and turned it into a den of robbers and, and thieves. And the weight of the message they they were selling and and their indulgences, if you will, were so heavy on the people, particularly the widows. These guys were ruthless, and what that is is an embodiment of a spirit of religion. And a spirit of religion will always have you thinking that you're doing things for the right reasons, but what it's doing is it's driving you. And it's actually rooted in an enormous amount of word. And because if it wasn't, it wouldn't be appealing to the to the person who likes to play by the rules. Because when you play by the rules, you are insulated, at least in theory, and we know this is not true as grown adults, Right. But in theory, for the person who doesn't want to be in trouble or doesn't want to get things wrong, 
this is a great place to hang out. And so a spirit of religion is very, um, a person like that is very susceptible to a spirit of religion. And it's something that you really have to get before the Lord and seek your own heart and have him try your heart. Have him like David, try your reins, which is really your kidneys. Think about that. That's kind of like your, 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 your cleansing, your purging. That's where your, your kidneys, your filtration system of, of the body, right? As things are being purged out of your body. And so Lord, try my reins, right? Try my heart, test me, purge me, you know, create in me a clean heart, right? Those things. That's really the only way to know what you're being governed by on any level spiritually, to be totally honest with you. And so other people can try to tell you, you know, and that'll come across as an accusation. You can go digging for it, but until you get on your face and you just ask basic questions, Father, what what has me shackled right now in my life? He will tell you. He's faithful because he's more committed to your freedom than anyone. Amen. And so with that, you have a lot of that going on in the earth today where you've just got so many people in the alleged body of Christ peddling stuff. It's like a Turkish bazaar, whether you're listening to television, radio, streaming, whatever. It's, you know, it's you have to really use your discernment because some of these pastors are straight up just, you know, they're handsome or they're beautiful. They've got beautiful families, beautiful kids. They smell good. They look good. They got it all going on, right? And they sound good and they make you feel good or they make you feel bad, whatever your pleasure is, right? And so I, I can listen to Joyce Meyer forever because her delivery was so masculine. And I am an extremely feminine person, probably too much so for some people. And that's okay. But that is who I am. And I, you know, I embrace that because the world in which we live, the temptation is to try to become like a man, to sound like a man, to to drive like a man, to play, to work, to do sports, to think and feel and move and breathe and have my being like a man. And I'm not a man. And so because of Joyce's voice in her delivery, she was extremely gruff for me, too gruff for many, many, many years, even though I recognize what she was saying is truth. I just couldn't receive it. And, um, and eventually that changed. Eventually that changed because I grew in my faith and I grew out of some, um, stinking thinking as she calls it. (laughs) And in the battlefield of the mind, which is a great book of hers, by the way, uh, she covers that quite a bit stinking thinking, right? You end up with the same results over and over again, wondering why, And it's because the word says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Right? That applies to women too, obviously. So it's like, "Hmm, all right, maybe something to think about there. But back to televangelists and people sowing seeds and all of that. This particular young lady that I'm following now, and I'm I'm adhering to this fast for the next couple of days, um, she was planting, she was asking you all to plant a financial seed, right? But she said to attach attach something to that seed, right? Don't just like throw your seed into the wind, like pour it, plant it into a particular soil and then have an expectation of a particular crop, right? So you don't plant corn expecting to grow pumpkins, right? You're not going to plant a cherry tree 
and expect peaches, right? And so, but oftentimes we plant, we plant words, ideas, feelings, hopes, strategies, money, thing, you know, food. We, we plant and we're not aware of the soil and we're certainly not aware to its fullest extent, our intentions. And then whenever something grows up that we don't like, we're like, oh, what's that? You know, it's like the the three-headed, you know, stalk of corn. We are like, what? Or ear of corn, rather. And most stalks do have three, three, three or plus uh, heads of corn, ears of corn on them. But it's 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 the mutant ninja turtle of of whatever you thought you were going to get out of that crop, <laughs> out of that harvest, right? So I really appreciated the fact that she was like, hey, you know, put. Name something with that seed that you are believing a harvest for, which I I appreciate that. Now, I'm not suggesting that you got to plant money and God is not a sugar daddy or Santa Claus. I, I don't like any of that at all. But I am suggesting that there is very much so truth into seed time and harvest. But I do not believe that the gospel is something that has to be um, transacted in, in, in a monetary fashion. But I do believe that churches and nonprofits and things of that nature, ministries do require, just like other businesses, they do require money. They require funding in order to facilitate the needs of others. So, you know, it's always it's always good to keep that in mind. But with the fasting, right? Again, I could be talking about the 200 things that has everyone's skirt blown up on Twitter today, but I'm not going to do that. You know why? Because it doesn't matter. Because here's what matters. In the scheme of being able to take your country back, starting within your own mirror, here's what matters. So we're fasting, right? I'm in day, well, I'm in day three of my fast, but because I started a couple of days ago, but her group started yesterday. So fasting with no food and, uh, and water. And I'm really glad that I did because I've had just an enormous amount of spiritual warfare for myself and for others that I'm very glad um, that my my psyche's clean, my body's clean. I'm able to perceive correctly. I'm able to hear correctly. And, and I'm able to stay uh, centered and focused and mission-centric on why I'm fasting and on my prayers. And so as opposed to getting off over into emotions, it's helped me kind of, you know, scoot back over into the middle lane and keep it there. And so as, and which leads me to this. Most people fast at the beginning of every year, right? You're, and now we're in Lent. I think we're, what, a weekend? So everybody last week running around with the ash on their forehead and, and what that represents and signifies for them is, you know, this is this is the time of year when people fast and they lay their flesh down and, and they, they are expecting a harvest. They're expecting resurrection, like, right? This is the beginning of the anticipatory period of the resurrection, the the crucifixion the burial and the resurrection of Christ that that is that is the reason for this season and in and not to be confused with christmas this actually is the pascha season in which we celebrate as orthodox christians a week after you guys and american easter this year but that's all a calendar thing and and you know the first full moon and uh and and what else and the passover right so we so all that so um so with resurrection, right, and, and like Christ's body fell into the earth and was resurrected, right? The word says, then unless the seed fall, you know, and die, it um, it will not be resurrected and have its full value. And so this, this is a, 
This is a resurrection season, right? So, so when you fast and you pray and you humble yourself and you clean yourself out so that you can hear and you can feel correctly, you can think correctly, you can think soberly as it pertains to you and your spirit and your walk, because this entire country hinges upon you. The whole military really hinges upon you because it's not taking out the military. Someone once told me it is not taking out the military that takes down a nation. It's taking out their people. And so the end game is to be able to control and manipulate and discourage and kill you. Because remember, the enemy does not come to cancel you. He comes to steal from you, kill you and those around you, and to destroy you. And the things that you're building, and the vision inside of you, and the hope, and your resurrection, and things in your life that you'd like to see resurrected. That's what the enemy's purpose is. But greater than his purposes are our Father's purposes. Amen. And so when you fast... And it is good to physically fast from things as you are, uh, you know, physiologically and medically able to do so. You know, our father knows your heart, just like with Daniel, the angel finally gets to him and says, it was done the minute you purposed it in your heart to fast and to seek. The minute you purposed it to seek, I was dispatched, but he was delayed Right? And sometimes some of our promises are delayed because there are spiritual battles taking place. Sometimes it's by our own disobedience. Sometimes it's because it's timing. Sometimes it's because of hard-heartedness. And this is where it helps to be like, okay, Father, try me and try my heart and create a clean heart in me. Right? Create a clean heart in me. So good place to start fasting. But what is the fast that pleases Father Yahweh? Well, according to Isaiah 58, it says, Cry aloud and spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor, are cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh then your light shall break forth like the morning your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you 
The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard, and then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. And you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you, if, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, not finding your own pleasures or pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That is Isaiah 58, and that is the New King James Version. And so, to you know, not finding your own pleasure, speaking your own words, uh, honoring him, um, not doing your own ways, right? This was all assigned to the holy day of the Lord, which is honorable, right? And most people are so busy doing that they do not know what it means to rest. And if you are not rested, you will not be able to execute this fast of no longer backbiting, no longer fighting and striving and arguing and being hateful and angry and cursing and cursing people and cursing language, um, always tossed and turned and confused, tired, striving. That is not our kingdom's way. And so when we fast from all of that, we are blessed. When we, when we fast from turning our, our eyes from those who are naked, what does naked mean? You know, could it mean actually naked, the naked person, the homeless person or drunk person or drugged out person? It can also mean someone who has no spiritual understanding. And you come alongside them or someone who has wronged you. And you come alongside them and you clothe them in the robe of forgiveness, which comes from Christ himself. You cover them. You cover their sins instead of exploiting them, instead of announcing them, instead of holding them against them. You cover, right? And so love covers a multitude of sins. And so covering the naked. Sometimes naked people have no understanding. They have no hope. They have no joy. They have no salvation. They're just wrapped in sin or just naked in all their sin. And, you know, or it reminds me of Noah, right? Whenever Ham was cursed because some, some scholars will tell you that it, his, that Ham went in and laid with his father because he found him naked and that don't look at me cause I'm not a Bible scholar. Uh, in eschatology, I barely get out of that, but, um, but 
it's a horrendous story either way, but it says that Ham found his father drunk and went and told his brothers, right? So he uncovered his father's sin. And because of that, he was cursed by his father. And according to some, it's still cursed. I would argue that, and I would suggest rather that due to the cross, no one has to live under a curse because that's what the word says. He is the curse breaker. His blood broke the curses, right? So generational curses don't have to be yours. They don't have to be your kids. They don't have to be your grandmamas. None of that. You can break those by applying the blood of Yeshua to those curses that you see manifesting in your life. If it's strife, divorces, uh, you know, murder with the tongue, bitterness, unforgiveness, envy, jealousy, slothfulness, uh, you know, fear, terror, dread, whatever, whatever all those dark kingdom uh, manifestations, if, if that is something that runs through your bloodline, addictions, right, that can be overcome by the application of the blood of Christ, Yeshua. And that is the only way, to be quite honest with you, it will be completely um, reconciled, and that is a legal term in the heavenlies and here on earth. That is the only way for that generation to be redeemed. And Daniel knew something about that as well. Anyway, so back to Noah. So um, so Noah was drunk. And, you know, again, some scholars will tell you that it meant that Ham lusted for his father, went in and, and, and took his father's uh, sexuality, and which is a disaster on about 2,017,000 2000 different levels. Uh, but... That whether that happened or he ran and told everybody that his dad was drunk and, and uncovered his sin, the, the bottom line is we are not called to agree with people's sin, but we are called to cover them in love as they are either repenting or they are walking out of their sin. You know, some sometimes it requires a crawl and then it's like a three-legged race and then it's the potato sack race and then you're on your crawl again. And then, you know, it's a wavy, windy road uh, and leaving sin behind, but it's like in re- repenting from things, right? Sometimes it's not always an immediate clean break for people because there's a layered approach to why you keep going back to certain things. It is like an onion that has to be peeled. And whenever emotions are involved, you can be easily led back into certain behaviors and thought patterns and manifestations. And when there's a spirit attached to it, that's a whole other level of existence. So, um, you know, it's delivery, 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 deliverance, deliverance, deliverance. And it requires an enormous amount of forgiveness, otherwise known as covering. And the church has confused covering with agreement. So we call that which is evil good in the name of love, which is codependency. We call good evil and evil good, which is an abomination to the word. It's reprobate, double-minded thinking, which is why I'm so excited about my ministry being teaching his inheritance Refreshing, single-minded truth, thirst. That is my ministry. I'm very excited about that because I've spent enough of my lifetime in double 
mindedness. And it usually comes from a place of lust whenever I really want something and I'll start compromising in my head. Right. And then that generational stuff comes to partner up with me. And then a spirit or two may come in with that and try with the temptation. And before I know it, I'm, I'm riding two horses with one behind. Usually I say that about politics, but some of us can do that really well in our faith too. And before you know it, you're living as a hypocrite and that's a problem. (laughs) And so fasting is fasting from those things, fasting from certain behaviors and thought patterns and attitudes, right? Attitudes of the heart, attitudes of the mind, fasting from those things um, is the preferred. That is, that is a pleasing uh, fast unto the Lord that is pleasing, right? And some people think it's just food and, and beverage, but no, it's, it's not, it's all the above. So I've got one more day on mine and I have just been in the thick of battle, uh, for myself, for others, um, people I love dearly. And, uh, and I'm believing, I'm believing for resurrection. I'm believing for covering. I'm believing for direction. I'm believing for hope, joy, peace, righteousness, all the things that come with our salvation. I am believing during this resurrection season that that is exactly what I'm going to see unfold and manifest is resurrection in people's lives, in my own life. Um, And I hope that you would consider, consider during this Lent season, even if you're not a Catholic, but during this resurrection season where we're leading up to the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate self-sacrifice. You know, the word says for husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Matter of fact, I'm going to read something to you, and I really look forward to having this um, to having this gentleman on my show. I got to get over to my Bible app. Hold on. This really blew me away today because I was, I was reading about selflessness and husbands and wives and all that. And, um, and I found this note by a gentleman who is part of one of my um, Bible plans that I, that I'm doing uh, publicly. And okay. This is so good. This is by a gentleman named Caesar uh, Unzueta. And I look forward to having uh, Mr. Caesar on my show. Cause I really, especially cause I want to talk about this, but we're talking about husbands right, and and laying down their lives for their wives. And this is a great conversation for some of you going through marital issues and and you just struggle and struggle and struggle and you keep going around the same bush, around the same mountain over and over, and you're just not yielding different results. Nothing about your marriage is resurrected, right? Well, listen to this, (laughs) and I quote, when you create a stable environment based on your fear of God, your wife becomes secure and she will begin to flourish. A man is to be his wife's sanctifier and savior. You should be out serving your wife at home as her savior. When a man becomes a kingdom man and fears God, changes will begin to occur in his wife. Think about what your wife every time, think about your wife every time you think about you. So it's never only about you. The dinner table is the place for kingdom men to take charge, to be spiritual, personal, and directional leaders for their families. 
Now, if that isn't the perfect fast, beginning in your own mirror, in your own home, I don't know what is. So in the season of selflessness, what a beautiful place to start with a fast. Think about Jesus's Yeshua's fast for 40 days and 40 nights. No water, no food. Completely emptied every single thing of himself to begin his ministry. That's what that was. And some of you are on your ministerial paths. You began a while ago. And maybe you're stuck. Maybe you're walking around the same mountain. I don't know. I I tend to do that too. But I'm believing that 2023 is a year of forward motion. It is a year of victory. It is a year of resurrection. And that begins right now in this season. So I hope that blesses you. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. Life, love, and liberty. Be good to your neighbor beginning your own mirror. Make sure you check out MonicaProtectsWithGold.com. You know why? Because BRICS is real. Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South America. Real. Check it out. B-R-I-C-S. Speaking of acronyms, it's a real threat to your retirement portfolio. MonicaProtectsWithGold.com. Remember, if you're an American, act like one.